Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is kind of Jesus, uh, he's been talking here for a while, teaching different people. This is where we get the, in chapter 14, the way, the truth, and the life. 15, he is the true vine. And we talk about love and joy perfected in our scripture this morning. John 15, chapter, chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Our message today is the Christian Code of Conduct. This, of course, is the Memorial Day weekend. In many areas, there will be some some parades, some cookouts, some celebrations, in particular tomorrow, to remember to memorialize the soldiers that gave their life for our country. And Memorial Day is typically, the, at least around here, the traditional kickoff of summer. And, of course, I remember as a kid, once we had that Memorial Day off, we knew that school was almost over. So I'm sure that's still in the minds of many of the children today as well. But Memorial Day is the time when we do remember our fallen soldiers. And many men and women, and even children, have sacrificed their lives for the freedom of our country, and of other nations as well. And the people in the armed forces, if anyone has ever served in the military, they have a particular code of conduct that they follow. And I'm not exactly sure when it became a, a, an official code, let me say, or, or what, but they were probably always uh, around. But there are really six things that they talk about. The first statement is, says, I am an American fighting in the armed forces which guard my country and our way of life. I am prepared to give my life in their defense. The second statement says, I will never surrender of my own free will. If in command, I will never surrender the members of my command while they still have means to resist. The third statement. If I am captured, I will continue to resist by all means available. I will make every effort to escape and aid others to escape. I will accept neither parole nor special favors from the enemy. The fourth statement. If I become a prisoner of war, I will keep 
faith with my fellow prisoners. I will give no information nor take part in any action which might be harmful to my comrades. If I am senior, I will take command. If not, I will obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me and will back them up in every way. The fifth statement. When questioned, should I become a prisoner of war, I am required to give name, rank, service number, and date of birth. I will evade answering further questions to the utmost of my ability. I will make no oral or written statements disloyal to my country and its allies or harmful to their cause. And finally, the sixth statement, I will never forget that I am an American, responsible for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which made my country free. I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. Those six things are the codes of conduct that soldiers are to follow. And we too, as Christians, have a similar code to follow. Because we too are Christians, we too are fighting a war. We're fighting the good fight. We're fighting the war on truth. And we too should be prepared to give our lives for it. We will surrender only to God's will. And if we happen to be captured by the enemy of this world or the lures of this world, we will rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to deliver us. If we become a prisoner because of our beliefs, we will keep the faith. And when we're questioned we will respond with the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. We will never forget who we are. We will trust in God. We will love and serve God throughout our lives. And we see in our scripture reading this morning that Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. This is not a new commandment by any means. From the Old Testament we see we are commanded to love God and we're to love our neighbors. And as I said before, the neighbor that is not just the person that lives next to us, it's anyone that we come into contact with on a daily basis. They may be complete strangers, but they're our neighbors. The difference with the type of love that Jesus is talking about is the fact that it's a sacrificial love. And it's modeled after his own love. And it's produced by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in each of us. Love is truly a key to Christians. And I'm not just talking about the emotional or the sentimental type of love or the worldly type of love. And talking about that self-sacrificing love. The type of love that Jesus has for us. The love that took him to the cross. That is a type of love that each of us as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ should display throughout our lives each and every day. 
If we don't display that type of love, then do we really love God? Are we really obeying His commands? As I said, Jesus was filled with this type of love, and He was the perfect example of this love, and of all things for that matter. But two of the main characteristics that Christ talks about here about this love are obedience to God and laying down our lives. If we really are setting our minds and our hearts to follow Christ, then we must show those two characteristics in our life as well. We must obey God. We must do what He tells us to do. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect and we always perfectly obey Him because we are sinful people living in a dark world and we will fail at times. But the pattern of our life will be obedience to Him. And when we do fail, we will return to Him filled with sorrow. One of His commands, of course, is to love each other. And it's a sad thing to see believers especially attacking each other, tearing each other down, talking about each other, or arguing over, over trivial things that really don't matter. And many churches have had that trouble. They have believers that argue over trivial things, as, for example, what color the carpet should be. And it turns into heated arguments. Does it really matter what color the carpet is? Yeah, I probably wouldn't care for a hot pink color, as most people wouldn't. But for the most part, people you know, want a kind of a neutral color or something like that. There's no reason to, to get up in arms about it. But that's what happens. And one of the unique characteristics of the United Methodist Church is its focus on worshiping with other Christians. And I've said this before, you know, we have an open communion table. Anyone who is a believer is welcome in any United Methodist Church to come and worship, to fellowship, and to partake in the body and blood of Christ. Many other churches are not like this. You have to be a member of that church or of that group or whatever in order to really participate in the things. That's not the case with the United Methodist Church. We focus on loving all believers and worshiping with them. The other characteristic of this uh, type of love is laying down our lives for others. We are to lay our life down for others. And most of us here would probably say, yeah, we would do that. And especially for your children, if they were harm's way, you would you know, try to, to do what you can do to, to get them safe, even if it meant risking your own life. So most of us would probably say, yeah, we would lay our life down for another person. Even though we may not be totally sure. But I believe that if the situation arose, the Holy Spirit would empower us and strengthen us to do that. And since we're all here today, obviously none of us have ever had to lay our life down for others. And for the most part, thankfully here in the United States, we are pretty safe. 
just in general, we're pretty safe, but also from religious persecution, we're pretty safe. And I think especially out here where we live in the country, it's pretty safe. Most people just leave us alone because they think we're crazy living out in the country. So they just leave us alone. And maybe we are, I don't know. But for the most part, it's safe. So for Jesus, for us, Jesus is not calling us to die for others. Although we should be prepared to die for someone if needed. But Jesus is really calling us to live like he lived. Not necessarily die like he died. But we should lay our life down for others. When we see people in need, we're to help them. That's what he did. And especially if it's a sacrifice for us. We can help people financially. We can provide food, clothing, shelter, or simply being there visiting them. Doing these things is much more difficult than simply sacrificing your life for someone. This type of life comes at a price. But they also have great rewards. In particular, Jesus promises three things for those who obey his commandments to love. First, he promises us that we will be filled with joy. And in our scripture this morning in John 15, we're coming to the end of Christ's life. He is almost at the cross. Yet he is filled with joy. He has a deep sense of satisfaction, a deep sense of peace. He knows that he's obeying the Father's will. And he will soon be seated at the right hand, the place of honor. So he knows the reward is worth the cost. Second, Jesus now says that he is our friend. He's not just our master, but he's our friend. And later on, as I've said before, Jesus calls us his brothers and sisters. He has experienced life as we experience it still today. But only he did not fall short of perfection. He knows what it's like to be tempted by evil. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be lonely. He knows what it's like to be ridiculed and made fun of. No doubt those are all things that we have experienced as well. But that is true friendship when someone has gone through things with you. And if you were ever, if you ever served in the military, and in particular if you ever served in any wars, I never have obviously, but I've talked to people, and they can meet people from that also served in that particular war, whether it was Iraq or, or Vietnam or Korea or, or even World War II. They may have never met that person before in their life, 
But because of their experience with that war, that conflict, they, they're friends. They have that same bond together and they can share stories and they know what the other person was feeling because they felt it too. And that's what Jesus is telling us. When we obey His commands, we enter His circle of friendship. We have fellowship with Him because it's, and it's, a, it's a rich and it's a deep fellowship. It's meaningful. So when we obey Him, the reward is worth the cost once again. And finally, Jesus answers our prayers. As I've said before, when we talk about prayer, our prayers activate the power of God. And that is truly amazing. We have influence with the Creator of the universe. That reward is certainly worth the cost as well. But we must remember that none of this is actually us. It is all God's graciousness to us. He calls us. He sustains us. He empowers us to bear fruit. And all of our goodness is simply a testimony to God's grace and His love for us. And that is what He wants us to be in this world. We are to be a testimony in this world by loving others sacrificially as Jesus loves you. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for our time in Your Word this morning. We thank You for the many men and women who have served our country and gave their lives for our freedom. Help us to be as committed to living out Your Word as they were committed to this country. We continue to ask Your blessings upon this nation and help us to truly be one nation under Your care and guidance until you return again for us. Amen.